What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of In Conversation With. Thank you so much for having me. That's awesome. A lot of these artists need the money that comes from touring. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of In Conversation With. I'm your host, Andre Williamson, and today I'm joined with one of my good friends. I met him back in the TV days, now uh, owner, entrepreneur, business owner in the marketing industry, uh, my guy, Peter. What's going on today, man? Well, you know, I think another day of uh, lockdown and COVID, but that's okay. Uh, Got to wear the hat because no one's seen their barber in a minute. Uh, but that's all right. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for taking the time. And you're right. I'm just trying to find the best way to to cover my head. I'm wearing the North Face today. Tomorrow might be a hat. We'll we'll see. I don't know. Just want to change it up. Looks good though. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, lots to get into. You know, you're one of the guys that uh, I think about when I think of. You know, I have a marketing question or. Um, you know, any sort of marketing ideas. I think you're the guy that is, you know, one of the most well-versed in, in sort of the industry. And I thought sitting down with to talk about what, what, are those, what are the ways that you're seeing companies sort of pivot during this time? And um, what are the trends that you're seeing happen during this time? But the, the first thing that I want to get into with you is just maybe tell me or tell everybody a little bit about what it is that you do. And what are some of the companies that you work with right now? Yeah, I mean, um, I just recently uh, exited an agency that I founded a while ago called Navigate Group. Uh, we had focused on branding and design, but then we focused a lot in, in hospitality. So we worked with some of the bigger players like Fairmont, uh, St. Regis, Marriott groups. Uh, but we worked with smaller businesses as well in terms of hospitality, people just looking to enter the market. And then focused uh, a lot on e-commerce as well. So working on digital design, UI, UX for, uh, you know, whether it's anything from a new vape store, fashion, anything that could be kind of bought and sold online. Um, again, and then pivoted myself to focus more just on the digital stuff. And that's now with Nav43. Um, so we're focusing on a lot of e-commerce plays there. And there's been a lot of interesting developments there with COVID and what people's strategies are. Um, but with them, again, we, we work with a, a variety of clients, um, from standard retail clients to uh, larger e-commerce clients, payroll processors, Ceridian is one of our clients. Uh, we, we work directly with a lot of web development companies uh, and you know fit in within their workflow uh, from everything from SEO site migrations, uh, which can be boring stuff, to content strategy, to information architecture. A lot of things there and then uh, as Peter uh, right now currently working more of a, a fractional uh, head of sales and marketing and strategist uh, for business as well and that's uh, focusing on anything from e-commerce to uh, finance to payment processing yeah that's kind of uh, the quick roundup right now Wow sounds like a busy guy you've done a lot and you're you're doing a lot right now so congratulations on your success man you've been doing well Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's been busy. I think uh, ups and downs with COVID, but yeah, the last uh, decade or so has been a bit of a grind. Let's, um, let's talk about that for a bit. Let's talk about COVID and being in the marketing industry and having clients that are needing to navigate and pivot during this time. Um, what are you starting to see 
companies do, uh, maybe specifically your clients or other companies, but what are you starting to see them do to sort of maximize what's happening during this time? Yeah, so I think it was kind of this rollout, right? Because no one knew necessarily what was going to happen next or what um, our government would say the next level of restrictions are. So you kind of saw this in Ontario, uh, this wind down of business until we're kind of at a standstill. But that first wave of non-essential businesses really, you know, first and foremost hit the hospitality industry pretty hard, uh, hospitality and tourism. And then it just funneled down to basically anything that isn't sustainable for us to kind of go on with their life. So I think there was an element of, of shock first of, okay, what do we do? Um, what do we do with our business? Uh, how can we keep people employed? I think that was a, a, probably a first decision for a lot of employers over, you know, what, what their marketing plan might be. Um, and there was also a bit of a delay in a sense of what are the opportunities here in terms of reimbursements for the government? Because first you got told you had to close and then there was, okay, a 10% reimbursement. Well, that's probably not going to save my business. And then I think the Fed stepped up again, and uh, Trudeau then announced, you know, up to 75% reimbursement. So that was kind of the first thing people really had to learn is what does my business plan look like going forward uh, in terms of what, what are my actual operational costs, what are the new normal. And now we've seen kind of the last step for retail businesses of actually seeing some type of rent relief. So I think once all those things were learned, you could actually say, am I going to stay Am I going to stay open? Um, am I allowed to stay open? And what new avenues can I continue doing business? And I think that's where you saw a lot of people have to come up with a bit of an e-commerce strategy overnight or pivot in their day-to-day -day business. And then you have the businesses that are able to really see potential as long-term opportunity that I'm not going to be able to do anything now, but what can I do to help the future? So. I think that's where the, the wheels were turning for a little bit and then understanding what they can do to potentially turn on an e-commerce strategy overnight because that's the only thing that they could do to kind of keep their, their business going. So it, it really started, I think, with the government interventions and learning what was available to them and what they could do and then turning on a marketing strategy. And it's very industry specific. So uh, certain industries have certainly been rocked by this. Uh, we, we have clients in F43 that were cruise line. Well, you're not selling cruises right now. So that's someone, unfortunately, there you have to think post-COVID. Uh, but then you have uh, e-commerce clients. We have a, a CBD client that uh, had to close their retail locations, but then saw the opportunity for e-commerce and what they could do there. And then maybe double down on it on an SEO strategy to, to help drive sales because uh, you see all of a sudden this uptake with people spending their time online and they can't go to physical locations. What can we do to double down on e-commerce strategy? So I, I do think it's very industry specific of what your plan is going to be in short and long term. That's awesome, and you're you're absolutely right. I was talking to another friend of mine about companies that are traditional brick and mortar, they rely on people walking in and now there's nobody on the street anymore. And he's like, okay, well, why don't we just create you a Shopify account and then you customers um, online, right? And you're starting to see a lot more companies do that. Um, I wanna talk about the, 
economy and sort of the the trends or not not really trends but i want to talk about the the economy and how you think this is going to change the consumer behavior on the other end of this because like you said people are starting to purchase more online they are not as comfortable exchanging physical money um what do you think this is going to do for consumer behavior in terms of our purchasing and the way that we um discover a new brand yeah i I do think we're training people even more to increase their comfort level uh for an e-commerce experience um i think we're training different generations of people to be more comfortable communicating uh via zoom call uh, something we're doing right now i think uh everyone's probably had some type of a funny experience with an older relative right now about setting up a zoom call uh, I did uh, a Zoom Easter call, and I think you'd see, you know, one of these kind of talking to you like, hi, everyone, how's it going? So, but now what's happening is, you know, as those hiccups change, all of a sudden this different type of generation who may not have been as comfortable with an e-commerce experience uh, it is learning that, whether it's, you know, getting necessities, uh, something like groceries. I think we've seen that explode. That's something as a digital native, I was always very comfortable with ordering my groceries online. I found it very convenient. Uh, I liked it, whether it was going to a Penguin pickup or something like that. Uh, but now I think we're going to see that kind of expand to to different generations that uh, e-commerce is going to become a lot more comfortable for people. And I think as a business, uh, it got put in your face that you might need an e-commerce strategy, even if you were this traditional retail store that relied on people walking in. Because if you kind of talk about in terms of the economy, well, I think a few things are worried. Um, we're often hearing that this might be an 18-month issue. Uh, as much as in Ontario right now, we're looking forward to you know situations being eased in as much as two weeks. Businesses are going to be a little hesitant to reinvest and start up again if all of a sudden they can be shut down at a day's notice. So they're going to have to think about that uh, in how much do they want to commit to, you know, reopening their brick and mortar shop if all of a sudden our testing numbers spike again and everything's shut down. Uh, and then in terms of the economy, it's um, what's going to happen in terms of commercial real estate over the next 18 months if people just don't want to uh, continue uh, with their brick and mortar experience. Maybe they've realized they have a better e-commerce experience or something along those lines. So those are the things that are on my mind right now is, um, you know, what happens if we get shut down again? Um, what happens when commercial businesses don't want to pay their rent anymore or are too scared to open up because they might be shut down again? And then from the, the marketing perspective is, I think we've opened a lot of people's eyes to what communication and what shopping habits look like online. Yeah, and it's giving a lot of opportunity for companies to extract data and figure out, okay, well, we have this age demographic, have more males, more females. We can target people on these times of the days because people are online now. Let's face it, we have nothing else to do. So people are on Instagram more, people are on Twitter more. I'm sure Facebook is seeing a spike in activity. I'm seeing a spike in my Facebook feed. People that were never on before are all of a sudden doing these little games on Facebook, divulging all this information about their potential passwords, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely seen that. <laughs> it, it, and that's right. So that, that I mean, that, that continues a, 
another thought that's obviously important is what what is everyone's content strategy? This is something you and I talk about quite often, but as people are also spending more time online, that's where I'm seeing a lot of people invest in their long-term marketing goals is what what does a content strategy look like that people are spending all this time online they have to consume something um if you're not watching netflix or streaming uh you're probably in front of your computer or your phone right exactly and what i'm noticing is that companies are investing in the traditional sort of you know tear jerker thank you to our healthcare workers and a bunch of stock footage because nobody's shooting anything and hey, we're going to give back or, you know, Tim Hortons is um, free coffee for any essential workers or, you know, companies are like banks, for example, they're putting out content that, uh, you know, relief efforts. And that's what they're doing right now to sort of attract the market. And I guess that's all they can do right now because you're not seeing any big commercials being created and you can't really make a big marketing effort because you don't know what people's uh, purchasing decisions are going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something um, maybe of a luxury for the bigger businesses uh, to kind of step up on the corporate social responsibility. And you've kind of seen everyone, maybe, like you said, bigger banks, things like that, put together stock footage. There was a brief, there was a marketing guy that says, hey, you know, this is an opportunity to position ourselves uh, in a good light. Um, that isn't a luxury for a small business in um, a medium-sized business. And, and those are the people that really are, are being affected by this the most. Um, so yeah, that, that's a great strategy for them to kind of improve brand sentiment during this downtime that, oh, you know, I saw Bank X do this promo and they, they helped out the healthcare workers or something like that. Um, but it isn't that, that luxury for someone who is like, how do I keep my 10 or 15 employees paid? Oh, and how do I keep these clients if, my business just got rocked overnight. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. The small businesses don't have that luxury. You're seeing restaurants close down because they just can't afford it. They can't just pivot like everyone else. Um, but you're also seeing the rise of some businesses like Good Food that already deliver food to your house and they're probably getting a lot more business at, at this point, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, let's switch gears for a bit. And we were talking about this a little bit in sort of like the, the pre-interview when we were just kind of catching up, but you're spending a lot of time, right? Like people are spending a lot of time inside and we don't have those things that we can just distract ourselves with. You know, we don't have the water cooler conversations at work and we just have to be inside and face ourselves every day. Um, everybody is learning things about themselves now that they didn't already know because everything it's this this time by yourself is uncovering things about yourself that you didn't know existed. What are some of the things that you are figuring out about yourself, you're learning about yourself, maybe that you like or don't like and uh how are you coping with that? Yeah, I think um it, again it, it happens in stages because none of this is normal to be locked down uh almost 24/7 where you're kind of leaving for groceries or you walk the dog when you're outside, it isn't the normal feeling of I'm just going for a walk. It's where you see someone walking down and you're like, oh, who's crossing the street? So that's, you know, obviously the new normal's gone. Even when you're at home, it's, it's not the normal. So I felt it was the first, you know, week or two was, all right, let's kind of roll with this, have some fun, you know, maybe have a couple glasses of wine at night, watch a movie, and then there's this realization that this isn't going to be a two week thing. And I think at that point it was, 
find a new routine and maybe try to find one quickly and, and establish a few things that are going to make this uh, negative uh, a, a little bit more of a positive and find a way to be productive. So that was kind of the first things that had to happen because you're not yourself right now um, because those, all those things you took for granted are gone about your normal day-to-day life. Uh, going to the grocery store isn't the same. Going for a walk isn't the same. Uh, nothing is, is really the new normal. Filling up your gas tank and having to hand sanitize after and all these things that maybe you should have been doing anyways, but it, it, it wasn't anyone's normal. So I think it, that was kind of the adjustment period. And then there was, okay, I need to create what my new normal looks like. So I think that was kind of the first stage is, is really what does my new routine uh, look like and, and what does my new day-to-day look like? And then I mean, you and I were talking about this as well as if you have a spouse or a partner with you, that then takes on kind of this new normal as well. Because I don't know many people that had breakfast, lunch, and dinner and slept next to the person every night for 45 days straight and just didn't have any of that alone time while you're also understanding who this new version of you is during a quarantine. It takes a lot. It would take a lot to be living with someone and have to understand that they're going through all these different stages real time in front of you and coexist and find a way not to kill each other. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we chatted a little bit about this earlier, but uh, communication is obviously a really important thing. I think uh, with a partner or spouse um, asking, you know, uh, is there anything I can do for you? Or is there anything I'm doing that's currently bothering you? Because I think it's easy to get into a a passive aggressive state. So I think communicating on those things is important and still finding the opportunity to still do things as a couple, you know, that you normally do, whether it's making a nicer dinner and setting the table that night and trying to make things a little bit more fancy. Or we've been doing a a lot of group kind of Zoom calls where the two of us will call a couple that uh, we normally would have hung out with on a Friday night and spend some time with them and, you know, have a drink together or something like that. And, and again, find out what that new normal is together. Um, because it's difficult because not only are you now locked down with this person, um, you're not even the person you normally are. You're this version of yourself in quarantine that has a heightened sense of anxiety that is not getting to do the things they normally do that feed their own happiness or creativeness or experience or any of those things so that you you now have to get along with each other uh, at this new stage with all these things happening and then consuming all the news so it can definitely be difficult so I think talking uh, with your partner is is definitely important that's awesome that's like a blueprint for a successful relationship bang by PD I I think I think uh, it, it I do think it's definitely a difficult time for a, a lot of uh, relationships out there, but I think any tips or hints I could give that could help some people out, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think any relationships can be easy at this point. Uh, I've been lucky. I think uh, you know, Michelle, my partner, has been very understanding uh, and maybe has looked past some of my habits that maybe she hadn't seen before while we were both going to work and now we're both living together. So. I have to give her a big shout out for being uh, very uh, patient with me as well during this time. 
What, uh, I don't know if you want to get into the habits that you have, but mine is, uh, I'm not showering every day. That's for damn sure. Um, I, I'm wearing the same sock, the same pair of socks for like six, seven days straight. <laughs> That's my thing. I, that doesn't really bother me. Uh, for some reason, I let my nails grow. I never let my nails grow, but I've cut them now, but I've let them grow for like eight, nine days in a row. I just, for no reason. Um, <laughs> that's just somehow oh, what I'm yeah. I think some new things, even though we said, you know, pick up the new routine. Uh, I used to be more of an, I, although I never enjoyed it, I was an exercise before work guy just to get it out of the way. Right. I was going to F45, uh, which was great. It's around the corner and I would go at 7.15 and then it was done. You know, I'd be home at eight make breakfast and then be able to start the work day uh because i never really enjoyed it i realized there's probably no point of continuing to wake up that early to exercise at a time i don't really like so the new routine which has been very interesting in a sense is i've stopped setting an alarm uh, which might not be working for everyone but i found it as a new opportunity to not necessarily set an alarm anymore and naturally wake up every day and i'm probably never going to have this opportunity again and haven't had it since I was, I think, back in school where I think first year, first semester, uh, picked a bunch of 8.30 classes because that's when high school started anyways and didn't think it was a big deal. Well, I didn't realize that, you know, in university, pretty much everyone becomes nocturnal uh, <laughs> and stays up super late and 8.30 became this distant time zone that I never saw again. So after first semester, I never scheduled an 8.30 class again, scheduled 11 a.m. classes. Um, and since then I've really, I think everyone, even on weekends, I set an alarm, right? So that's been different that I was just like, I'm just not going to set an alarm and I'm going to set my exercise schedule. I set it at, you know, 536 every day and really have set a definitive end to the workday. So wake up, choose, uh, whatever track suit I'm going to wear that day, uh, whatever sweats, you know, you're going to put on, um, haven't been getting haircuts, so maybe you gotta decide what hat you might wanna put on for the Zoom calls. And yeah, kinda get into the workday mode, but that, that's been interesting. And on, on the, the hygiene tip, I'm not great at toenails, so I know what you're saying. It's something that for some reason I can forget about and go look at it and go, oh, I gotta get around to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe part of it is just being a guy and just being, ah, oh, well this is, now my chance to be a slob and no one's going to judge me for it because I think everybody else socially is just being a slob because why? Why not? I want to thank you for your time. appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I think you had a lot to offer and, and hopefully people have something to take away from this, especially in the marketing and business talk that we had. Uh, is, there, is there anything that you want to add? Is there sort of any like websites you want to plug, anything like that? Oh, I mean, yeah, if you guys, uh, well, first, thanks for having me today but uh, you can always check out what we're doing on the digital side of things at nav43.com nad43.com uh, helping a lot of people out right now with uh, any of their e-commerce or digital strategies great appreciate it man thank you and, and stay safe and hopefully you and your girl can continue the communication and find a way to not kill each other in the process agreed yeah i'm hoping for that too <laughs> Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Pete.